no, no plunder on TV will ever get a job again. <laughs> Welcome back to the 40 Yard Switch, episode 125, I think. True. Come a long way. Uh, we are recording live this morning as we watch the final match week game of the Europa League, which is Betis vs Rangers. We uh, looked last night as to which game had the most at stake, and this was easily the one. Uh, Jasper Woodcock, as always, alongside me, Wilbur Luke's. How are you on this fine Friday morning? Going well, going well. F- fascinating uh, encounter. Um, Unfolding. So yeah, we we spied a Prague up two 0 last time we checked, but that, that might now. have changed for three 0 now. Yeah. Um, Rangers have to win. Betis just need a draw. There's currently two all. So after a absolute. Five star all guns blazing performance from both sides in the first half, yeah. which led to a yeah two all scoreline which we now have with in the 60th minute. So yeah, we'll be uh, this will be playing out in front of us while we take you through what we are discussing this week, which is the wrap up of the Champions League group stage, and I guess I guess all European competition, but uh, the Europe, Europa League isn't quite finished yet, but the Champions League is. So, with obvious bias towards the, um, or bias in terms of reporting, not in terms of who we go for, um, to the English teams, because that's what we focus on, you know, stay in our lane, as it were. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, we're going to talk about the Champions League. If I just get it up in front of me, hold on. But, yes, the group stage is finished, and... Some teams, especially from the Premier League, haven't fared so well. Mm. Yeah, obviously United is is the most notable. Mm. And I, I saw a little stat, not stat, but just like Instagram posts on the di- the the difference between Onana's um, Champions League com- campaign last season versus this season. I think he yeah, had the most inter- clean sheets yeah. uh, um, in the competition last year on the way to the final with Inter Milan and then this year yeah I think United have conceded the most goals ever in a group stage yeah 15 yeah, yeah. and I think like, like we were mentioning when we were watching it the, the other morning um, they've actually scored enough but they've just conceded way too much this, yeah. this time round scored the most of any team in the in their group yeah which is crazy wild but um and yeah, and a lot of, I mean, there was a lot of the games, especially I think the Copenhagen Galatasaray games, where they kind of went up, like, and they were leading at home, like at Old Trafford, and somehow managed to to. Sh- and the Galatasaray, the, the Galatasaray one as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was. I mean, I think like like we said off air when we were watching it, um, they played okay. Um, against yeah, they against did. They, it it wasn't one. like Bournemouth where they were just abject. They played. They knocked it around decently well. They, you know, showed a bit of effort to press, but 
didn't do anywhere near enough in a like do or die game mm. for, for them. So yeah, I'm not sure if you saw yeah Ten Hag coming out afterwards saying I thought we played well and didn't deserve to lose. Yeah, I mean it's okay. I thought we played well. Should have been said in a difference can be said. Didn't deserve to lose. I I would take issue with that. You can't if you only have one shot on target in the entire game. Probably deserve to lose. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like you 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 can say the performance was good. Um, or the performance had some good aspects to it, but yeah. Don't say you deserve to win. Yeah. Because, yeah, Bayern didn't get out of, like, second gear the whole game. Nah, barely. They, they were coasting for a lot of it, and especially once the the goal went in for Bayern. Um, really nicely worked by Harry Kane, by the way. And, the, I mean, the reason for that as well is because United didn't press them to... But you got to sneeze? Or? Yeah, I'm trying to. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, United didn't. Um, no, they didn't have to because United didn't really press them that that yeah. hard. They knocked the ball around well, looked okay at times, but yeah. But Bayern are just far and away a better team than them. Yeah, and it, and it shows. And I think going back to that Onana thing, while definitely at least two of the United games have been costly errors uh, for you for for from Onana in the group stage that have led to them losing games. I think it also that stat, the clean sheet stat, like, like it always is, is definitely a big reflection on the defences Onana had in front of him last season versus this season. Yeah, the whole team he had in front of him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. That's, when there's such a stark difference in campaigns, there's obviously, a, like, there has to be other variables at play. Yeah. And, like, we know that there is. Yeah. But it's just like, yeah, not only was an, the inter-team, like, resolute in defence, but also... They weren't a team that, like, while Anana is good with his feet, weren't a team that tried to consistently play out from the back and put Anana and the back line in, you know, potential predicaments. Mm. Whereas United, uh, persisting with that this season, has uh, found them come unstuck plenty of times. So, yeah. Yeah, look, very disappointing Champions League campaign. Um Having a lot of United fans I'm seeing on Reddit being like, and online just being like, you know, what was all that good season of finishing third for? For, for like, for what? You know, if you're going to yeah. perform like that in the Champions League. And yeah, they and they're so bad that they miss out on Europa League as well as they finished fourth last in the group and they drop down back. But I guess on the one silver lining can be they can maybe focus on the league form now, but the league form isn't that great to begin with. Yeah. The other... Um... The other thing that's been circulating on social media is uh, you don't know what you've got till it's gone and some, some photos of uh, Ronaldo's Champions yeah. League campaign with them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is just ridiculous. But... Um, yeah. Like, 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 he was good in the Champions League and like people can... And like he scored 18 goals or whatever it was in the Premier League. But I think that season was just so toxic. Yeah. That like... I, I I don't well I don't think he was the issue he don't he wasn't the solution either no which is yeah yeah but yeah I I suppose they can focus on uh, league form now and yeah they better they better and uh, <laughs> something we'll touch on later is they'll need to starting this weekend but yeah uh, yes so that's that's Group A we'll whiz through a couple groups 
on our way to the next Premier League team. Um, actually, no, the, the next second group is another Premier League team. Arsenal, uh, having a much more triumphant return to the Premier, the Champions League than Manchester United. Um, first time we've been back in the competition in six years, seven years. Mm. And we have topped the group, um, losing just one game against Lons in match week two. Um, and yeah, all in all, I, I'm I'm... I'm very happy with that. 16 yeah. scored, four conceded. Um, it's the best, one of the best uh, defensive records in the Champions League um, group stage. Uh, admittedly against a weaker group, but you know you can only play what's in front of you. And any any team that's good enough to get in the Champions League, in my opinion, is a pretty decent team. Yeah, yeah. For um, sure. So yeah, I, and like Champions League away days are hard. And I, I said this when we lost to Lons. Like there'll there'll be. Games we struggle in the Champions League, like especially in the round in the in the knockouts now when we have to play that away of two legs. Mm. And that Lons away fixture like had a lot of significance for that club as well. Yeah, like it's their I think it was their first home Champions League match ever. So yeah, that that was a difficult. And Arsenal didn't play that bad. Lons scored some pretty like ridiculous goals. Oh shit! As Real Betis score. To make it 3-2. Has it been knocked off? Oh, it's been knocked off for offside. Oh, you're joking. Oh, the drama continues. <laughs> but yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, it was an incredibly and, significant game for Lons. And yeah, we didn't... While well, we didn't play amazingly, yeah, it took a, lot of, took a lot for them to win the game. And Sevilla lost there after going up as well on the last day where they could have um, qualified for the Europa League. Yeah. So, it was just a draw. Yeah, so... So yeah, all in all, uh, I'll take it. Um, can't wait to see what we do in the knockouts. Mm. So yeah, moving on. Not much to say there. Group C, the Jude Bellingham show. Yes, Real Madrid coasted. Eighteen from, points, six from six. Yep. Shit. Just like Manchester City. Um, right. So yeah, Real Madrid coast that. A couple of close games in there for Real Madrid. I think a couple against Napoli that were yeah. semi close, but. Never really any threat. I uh, think Union Berlin, similarly with how the poor, poor, poor their league form is going this season, maybe a little bit disappointed with with their showing their first or first or second showing in the Champions League. Um, but yeah, look, Napoli probably the two teams you probably would have thought were going to go through went through pretty comfortably in the end. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Jude Bellingham scoring some wonder goals along the way. Hang on. VAR check after what was it still from the off the offside? Oh no, it's a handball free kick going the other way. So that's what it was for. Well, they called it offside, or they changed it to a handball. I mean, exactly. Either position. way, <laughs> either way, it doesn't matter, does it? All right, Group D, quite a, a even group we thought going into it, but it turns out Real Sociedad uh, and Inter Milan were considerably better than Benfica and RB Salzburg. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, Dad, I'm not, I, I don't want to say I'm surprised. I knew they were decent, but I'm surprised they were that good against, t- t- uh, like, you know, not losing a game against the likes of Inter and Benfica is impressive. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not that familiar with their team, I must say. But the only player... Uh, Oyatabal. Yeah, Oyatabal, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they have they had Kirantino on loan. He started the first few games, but then he obviously tore his hamstring. So uh, okay. Hasn't True. been playing for them. 
Yeah, uh, in, into a very good showing, which, you know, it's it's not an easy group either. No, it's not. And Benfica, you know, knocked Barcelona at Lona out of the Champions League last season, so they're, they're no slouch either. Mm. Um, I think actually they went even a step further than that to the quarters as well, so... Mm. Um, yeah, I think they lost to... Benfica lost to Inter in the Champions League semi-finals last year, I'm pretty sure. Or maybe... No. Okay. No, it was the, no, the Champions League quarterfinals last year. Quarters. Because I think Inter beat... Um, AC Milan to go through to the yeah that's right in the semi yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah that was interesting I suppose that Benfica didn't make more of a fist of it uh, now that this this next group we're going to talk about I'm not going to lie I've maybe watched one or two games from this from this group um, in total so not much to comment on Atletico Madrid and Lazio go through fairly comfortably against Feyenoord and Celtic I mean no one really expects Celtic to make much many waves in the Champions League. And Feyenoord, I mean, the Dutch league is not really uh, up to par with the top five leagues, so that's probably not a shock either. Yeah, the big one was uh, that the Lazio keeper scoring on the first match down. Yeah, that was that was a that was a huge highlight. We love that. Um, so yeah, there you go. There's one notable moment. Mm. <laughs> group F. Group F. Huge group. Oh yes, the group of death, and it certainly. Turned out that way. Uh, I think some, saw some memes from 12th Man tweets being like, absolute cinema. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yes, it, as, it, as it has finished, Dortmund, surprise winners with 11 points. PSG narrowly scraping through on goal difference against AC Milan on uh, eight. <laughs> and there it is. With a... On eight points. That was a long time coming. Yeah. <laughs> with a yeah, four better goal difference. Um, and then Newcastle... And then three yeah, points adrift. Milan beating Newcastle at St James's Park on the final day to break Geordie Hart and to get into the Europa League and kick Newcastle out of European competition altogether. So it was a brief stay. Uh, yeah, I think was- obviously the oh, it was probably because it was the one that I watched, but that Newcastle PSG game at at St James's Park, a huge highlight. On like the second match day or whatever. That was that was awesome. Yeah, I think Newcastle's issue in in the Champions League, which we already sort of talked about when we talk about Arsenal's group, is Champions League away days are really tough, and their away form was already like a bit spotty in the Premier League to begin with, mm. and then away away games in the Champions League are another level yeah. altogether. And they they, they struggled at home. They struggled away from home. Yeah, yeah. Had some controversy as well, but I think now they're really starting to. The toll that European football is taking on yeah, them is really starting injuries. to show. Yeah. Lots of injuries. When they're playing, they look like just not the same. Looked I mean, well off the pace in the past uh, two games against Everton and Tottenham. Yeah. Or just like players like Kieran Tierney making two like big errors yeah, and apparently, just goes to show that. Yeah, and I think he played, played poorly against Spurs as well. Yeah. It just goes to show that it's too much and you know the, like the manner they were showing up in those first Champions League games was like you know helpful leather elite yeah and you can't maintain that yeah it's very difficult to maintain that when they still don't have the squad depth do you think that them performing well above expectations and making the Champions League was potentially a step too far they, it would have been better for them if they just qualified for the Europa League this season I don't know. In terms I, of like long-term aspirations, because now they're looking burnt out and they might struggle to, probably will struggle to get back into the Champions League this season. 
I think it's hard to say. I think it's good for a club to be in the Champions League regardless. Um, and I'm sure they're going to strengthen in January as well. Mm. Like, they, they have had a lot of injuries and, you know, that, that might be got to do with the, the increased volume of football and people getting suspended. So, Because I also think... Another thing about the Champions League is it's a lot more taxing. Each game is a lot more taxing on your body than the Europa League because the Europa League often has moments, like long moments in games where there's just not a lot happening. Yeah. Uh, I know I'm watching Arsenal play Europa League for the past couple of years, in, especially in the group stage. There's, there's lots of, like, there's like good 20-minute blocks where there's a whole, like, like half the team just sort of standing around. Yeah. While like a small pocket of space is... Yeah, whereas when you're playing PSG, Dortmund, you have to be on it. Every the entire second. time, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, I think it's difficult to say that. Oh, they shouldn't have. You know, I think it's still a good opportunity for a club that is still on a, a longer term trajectory of where they want to be. It was nice to get the head start, maybe. Yeah, and the injection of cash as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they got plenty of that. Yeah, injection of revenue. Yeah, true. <laughs> Um, and also just like the feel good factor, I suppose, for, for the fans. Yeah. And like, if, like, even if they go back to the Europa League next season, like, at least they'll have the experience of, you know, European away nights. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next to Group G, Man City. Uh, I think on, the only other team apart from Real Madrid to go through the group stage perfect. Uh, go through on full points with Leipzig in second, uh, BSC Young Boys on in third, going to the Europa League. And. I'm not going to say their Serbian name because I can't pronounce it. Red Star Belgrade in fourth. Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> it was a business decision. I made a business decision. Um, Best goal difference too, which is yeah, maybe not surprising. Very impressive. Um, look, Leipzig were the only team that gave them a slight scare, I'd say, in that game where they went 2-0 down. Yeah, but apart from that, they coasted. Uh, it's kind of t- like they got a pretty easy. They got a, for, for some for a team for the Champions League winners. They got a pretty easy group. Yeah, this um, is. They talk about Arsenal having an easy-ish group. This is a, this is a pretty straightforward group. Yeah. Um. So yeah, not much to say there. Leipzig were easily better than the other two teams in that group. Uh. All right. Group H: Barcelona and Porto. Go through on equal points and uh, sim and Porto with actually, oh, no, I think, the same goal difference. No, they're no, with a better goal difference. Um, and then yeah, Shakhtar missing out slightly, and then and and then but then Barcelona also losing to Royal Antwerp, gifting gifting them their only win on the final match day. True, which is interesting. Resting players, but yeah, uh, not overly surprising this one either. Porto and Porto uh, Champions League. Historically, powerhouse and Barcelona, obviously, Barcelona. Yeah, and Shakhtar probably should be coming in third. Yeah. Rangers. Oh, oh, oh it's in. Is he, off, is he no, offside? No, there was a guy on the post. No, he's a goal, and Rangers are ahead. This would be huge. This would, as it, as things stand, this would send Betis out of the Europa League with twenty. 20 minutes to play. No. 20, 25 minutes-ish with added time, I suppose. Yeah. Oh, my God. What a game. 
What a game. What a game. Because did did Rangers make it to the... Was it the Conference League final or the Europa League final a couple of years ago? Conference, I think. They lost to... Against Frankfurt? Frankfurt, yeah. And he's onside. The substitute, Kamar Roof, off the bench. To break Betis' hearts, potentially. And I gotta say, since the since Rangers made the substitutes, it, they have looked, uh, despite looking you know second best for most of the most of the game, like play wise, have have looked better than. Both teams do not look good defensively. No, it's been very <laughs> very open, but that's good for the neutral. Yeah, but yeah, I suppose we'll um. So I'm standing up. <laughs> we'll uh, preview the the knockout stage closer to the time. Yes, because the draw actually hasn't happened yet. But yeah. when, when it does, we'll we'll have a look. Okay. But that's it's pretty, um, it's pretty hard then. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's yeah, that's the Champions League groups done. Um, not much. Uh, as for the Europa League, we haven't watched a whole lot of it outside of the Premier League teams that were playing in it. Uh, but all three Premier League teams have uh, progressed, as have Aston Villa. I'm pretty sure as well in the Conference League. So. Well done to them. Uh, so be inter- like, interesting. Like, although you know, two English teams did very poorly in the Champions League. Still, plenty of English teams doing well in Europe, as it were. Um, all right. So time for us to move on to. Before we move on to the one, the big preview of the big Premier League game at the weekend. There's just something I. There's sort of come to fruition in my mind over the course of the week. <laughs> And I wanted to put it to Wilbur. An epiphany. Um, yeah, somewhat of an epiphany. Uh, put it to Wilbur and get his thoughts on it. So, you know how there's been like lots of talk over the many years, me and you as well, about how um, there's too much money in the Premier League and it's 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 ruining the game and et yeah. cetera, et cetera. You and, you and Josh's podcast yeah, in, yes. in particular, in particular. was a very good one, on it? Yep. Um, if wants to go back and listen to that, <laughs> yeah. Okay. If you go back and get the, get the whole breakdown of yeah. how we feel about it, <laughs> but um, if I put my uh, quote unquote morality aside for a second, <laughs> and I um, just think about it on pure watchability of the Premier League, the way the Premier League has been played this season and the competitiveness that has been shown for more than just the traditional big six teams has got me thinking. Uber. <laughs> um, potentially, money, all of this money in football has potentially, or has the potential to work out to be, in the long run, a good thing for competitiveness in the Premier League. Because there was a brief period where, obviously, the, the, just the rich teams were doing really well, Chelsea, City... Mm. Liverpool to an extent, but that they were just the one exception of being a very well run, well run club. Yeah. But that little period where the Premier League was on was was borderline becoming a farmers league over the past five six years, where City have just dominated, yeah. and Chelsea the couple of years before that. Um, pretty much since the Leicester, the league win. Yeah, yeah. Um, has now bred a bunch of teams who have also invested a lot of money and also brought in some really good coaches uh, and you know a couple of takeovers in there as well and now you you see you've got still some of the top teams of the top teams but then some of the big six teams have fallen off due to like poor mismanagement of lots of money mm. so it shows that like 
you can have all the money in the world, but it, it's not necessarily going to make you be a good team. And other teams have used money well. Yeah. But also, yeah, teams that historically have been decent before, but just have had a bad bad time of it in recent years, have suddenly started to invest a bit of money. Get start start the club started to be run quite well. They've got a good coach, and now you almost see a top half almost of the Premier League. So traditional big big six. And this is not in order of the ladder, but then traditional big six: Newcastle, Aston Villa, West Ham, Brighton, mm. uh, and then even teams like you know, Everton, Brentford, Fulham. Yeah, like it it it's there's there's like a top eight of teams vying for European Champions League spots, and then outside of that, there, with the exception of the three teams in the relegation zone right now, it really does feel like. More than more than in, in in quite a few years that on any given weekend any team could beat anyone. Yeah, and I think the Premier League this season has been the most interesting it's been for a good five years. Mm. And I know it's only just the start, and it could pan out that City win by fifteen points again. But <laughs> right now, it definitely feels the most even, and it feels the most competitive. And it's been, and I think a big part of that has to be credited to. Spending in football because not just spending from big teams, but like spending from quote unquote slightly smaller teams to catch up to the big teams. Yeah. Your thoughts? So I suppose the the teams in the Premier League that have used money to, um, I suppose become more competitive in recent years is uh, obviously Man City. Newcastle, Everton to an extent, to be fair. Villa. But have Villa spent that much? Yeah, they spent a fair bit. But but they got it from the Jack Grealish money. They spent more than they got from Jack Grealish, though. Yeah, true. More investment there. But yeah, them not as much, but like... Yeah, them not as much. And then Brighton as well, they've kind of come up through... You know, just being a well-run. Yeah, they've club. they've sold a lot of players. And yeah, invested. Yeah. West Ham have also spent a lot as well. Yeah, and that you know they, they've they've bought a new stadium that almost. Oh my god, sorry. Came to nothing. <laughs> I think, yeah. I mean, th- th- there's definitely been a trend in recent years to to it becoming more competitive. Bar Man City, um, yeah, especially with United falling off. And, and, it's, it, and it's probably is in part due to, yeah, the sort of funds being like relatively uh, more evenly distributed. I guess not just the funds being evenly distributed, but like what the what the what money in football from those big teams has, how that's put the pressure on other teams to, whether it's through different club management tactics or through yeah. increased spending to step their game up. Yeah. It's sort of like put lit a fire under up plenty more clubs to be like, hang on a minute, we're going to get left behind if we don't Yeah, buck up the ideas. And I suppose, yeah, it was in part due to like other people essentially seeing what, you know, United, Arsenal, Liverpool, Chelsea kind of had for a while there of like, an incredibly profitable business and like a global brand that they can make a lot of money off and people trying to sort of get into that market, I suppose. But I, yeah, I I would say that it's definitely had some effects on competition 
in the short term. But I do also wonder whether, especially teams like in the mold of Newcastle or Man City, who have got the owners who are, yeah, obviously, folk, I mean, they're all focused on making money. But whether the European Super League kind of rears its head again and, um, you know, because that's obviously a way for people to kind of lock in that status as the top club and, and, and kind of secure what would be your revenue from the from being a top club in Europe. Yeah. So I think, I think yeah, the more the money comes into it and, you know, it's an investment decision the more preference there would be for, you know, your status as a top club to be a shoe-in yeah. sort of thing. So, yeah. You think, like, while, while, it's, while, while it has been good this season, it, it's sort of like a potential to be a double-edged sword type of thing. I reckon. I reckon. Because I think there's always going to be that want because you, ju- you just add risk to you know, future revenue and, and, and future income for yourself as a, as an investor, as, as an owner of the club, when you operate in a structure that, you know, one season you, you, you could be dropping down to the, to, to the, to, to the, um, championship. Yeah. Do you think that the new champions league format with, with more and more teams and potentially an extra coefficient spot, uh, for the premier league is a, is a potential, uh, sort of counter to the, threat of the Super League or is it still going to be a, a threat? I don't... I, I, yeah, I, I don't think so. I don't think... Because, like, again, it's... it's You're kind of locking in your qualification for the Champions League as well. Yeah. If you're in the European Super League and, and you never get relegated. So you're just playing against, you know, the, the biggest teams in, in yeah. Europe. But I guess also... It'll 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 just depend on like what teams want because I'm pretty sure the Premier League said they would expel any team that joins the the, the Super League. Yeah. So it'll be like what what team what do teams value more? Yeah. But yeah. But I suppose it'll be you know these, you know, Sheikh Mansour or is that the City guy? Yeah. And and the Saudis at Newcastle who make the decision and and if and if they've made the decision. Um to join the Super League then the Premier League expelling them it's going to be you know but because that, that that that's the idea of the Super League isn't it like they they leave and join a separate league yeah or would I think, it, or I think would it be the, an additional I think the initial thing of the Super League was it would be an additional thing oh. but the Premier League was like nah if you join that you're getting kicked yeah yeah yeah. So, uh, so, so I think that was the biggest issue for the fans. The fans were like, "No, we don't want to like leave the Premier League." So that's why they were like, "Yeah, massive suck." But yeah, but but in terms of like, so yeah, true, I agree true. with the threat of the Super League with teams wanting to become you know household names and stay there. But in terms of just like competitiveness, do you think that in some ways modern football spending has just after a few years now made for a more competitive brand of the Premier League, or is this season just happen just just been like a what's the word like in a vacuum just happened to be a more competitive season for a number of sort of standalone factors yeah i think there's there's definitely a trend towards so in economics <laughs> go on <laughs> when there's excess profits more people like see that and enter the market 
and and try and capture those excess profits until the until there's like zero profits that's that's the kind of theory so i I do think like i was saying before you know you see the the traditional big four or big six making a lot of money off these global brands and a lot of people trying to also get into that market and kind of cash in on it so i definitely think that's that's part like the money involved in it is part of why it would become more competitive yeah but yeah but yeah i think at the same time there's other there's definitely other variables at play um just like the ups and downs of just like teams generally yeah but yeah but all we can say is it's what, made made for a great brand yeah. of, of football what what do you think like is is there other factors at play apart from the ups and downs of yeah teams? i think um I think the the quality of coaches in the Premier League is 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 that a is that a is is that a high? Mm, yeah. Like, there's very few left from like Roy Hodgson's era. Yeah. Like your big Sams and your Harry Redknapps and the like. Not to say they were bad managers, but like you know you know Emery, fantastic manager, managing what was perennially seen as a mid-table club in Aston Villa. Yeah. Eddie Howe is. I know he's English again, but like he is one of the better managers in the world, in my mm. opinion. Um, then yeah, like and then obviously clubs have taken a swing with the likes of Arteta, and it's seemingly worked out. So that's that's, uh, and then we can see it how it's not worked with like a Steven Gerrard or a Frank Lampard. Um, and then yeah. Obviously, Spurs with Big Ange. That's like there's lots of factors. I think coaching has been a big factor this year. I also think yeah, spending, but spending on the right players has been a big factor this year. Like Aston Villa and Newcastle's signings have been very effective for the most part. Uh, Brighton's as well for the most part. Also, Deserby, yeah, that's another good find. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it all has a part to play. But I do think that a lot of these teams have stepped up because it was kind of like a we're getting left behind here. It's like City every year and the gap between like the big six and everyone else is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger until maybe last season, the season before when you started to see Brighton, you started to see um, Newcastle step it up and now even more this season, you've got uh, Aston Villa as well, um, West Ham are back and yeah, so. I think there's also a bit of talk recently about like football changing in the sense of it's less about um, say like an individual player like a like a Ronaldinho or an Eden Hazard breaking a game up and it's more about the overall structure of the team especially since Pep Guardiola has joined the Premier League do yeah. you think that's part of the reason why I don't know that that tradition of big six can be broken up a little bit more and why there's more better managers yeah, I, in I the think, Premier League I think yeah definitely like football is 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 sort of regressing to the mean in 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 terms of the fact that it it's it's being more of a teams win games not players yeah, league yeah. which which I'm all for because mm. um, like yeah the, there there are star players for sure what the hell has just happened here <laughs> in the middle of the game it's just gone to a Europa League cutscene that's so funny anyway. Um, halfway through an attack yeah uh, but yes I, yeah so I think that's that's been good as well but in the same token I think <laughs> it's really thrown me um, <laughs> in the same token I think that just generally 
uh, it comes back to, to coaching. I think that Pep Guardiola started that team movement thing, but Uno Emery as well is another player that's like just, and Arteta as well, seemingly like he's got his favorites that he plays like Saka and Saliba, but again, he's, he's more of a cogs in a machine type deal than everything's funneled through one player or a few players. Yeah. And I think that's only a good thing. Yeah. But I feel like that's in part and potentially another reason why it's more competitive because, you know, you don't have to have the one star player that's only available to the to the best team in the league. I mean, yeah. City have 11 of them. Yeah. But, um, um, sorry, the game's back on. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I think that, that could be another factor that's kind of homogenizing the... the um, competitiveness of the the rest of the group. Yeah, no, I agree. As we uh, watch the final minutes, final few seconds of this Betis Rangers game, is the Betis desperately try and find an equaliser, and a cross in. I'm going to commentate here for a second. <laughs> Gosh, got to be last attack here. Oh no, Rangers player's gone down. He's been told to get up. There can't be much longer left, surely. Oh, Jack Butlin's been good tonight, got to say. Yeah. For Rangers. Edge of the box. Isco! Ooh. Goal kick. All right. We'll move on now to... So hopefully you guys could get, before we move on, uh, something... I think we kind of... Both wanted to say certain things, and I know I didn't quite get across what I was trying to say, probably because I got distracted. But yeah, I think it's not it, like the initial point was: has money in football ended up being a good thing? And not entirely, but sometimes, but a little bit is, yeah. is the answer. Yeah. Okay. I uh, mean, it's always difficult to say one thing yeah. causes one thing. Yeah, it's, <laughs> but it's, it's definitely part of the story. We, a we, bit of economic theory. We don't there. deal in absolutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we do not deal in absolutes. If, buts, or maybe. <laughs> and that's full time. Rangers are through to the knockout phase of the Europa League and Betis have been sent to the Conference League. Huge. Mad. Huge. The magic of the Europa League. I know. <laughs> Incredible. I would not have seen that coming in the first half. But anyway. All right, moving on now to the preview of the big game this weekend. The uh, is an age-old class, a rivalry as old as the Premier League itself. Well, not quite, but uh, <laughs> it is Liverpool-Manchester United at Anfield. And this is a bit of fixture that has been less of a rivalry and more of a beatdown in recent years. Mm. Uh, and... With how bad the United are playing at this moment, plus their injury record, plus how well Liverpool are playing, on face value, it looks like this is heading towards another... Um, 7 nil. Yeah, or something of the like. But I have a gut feeling it's not going to play out that way. Yeah. And my reasoning is, it's so bad for United right now. That like this is like I know and I know that, like, it was a do or die game against Bayern and they didn't really show up but like I feel like this is one of those games where it's like they just like simply have to come out and put in a put in a performance like mm. like like, they, like if they've got any 
semblance of a, like a bit of fight about him, any semblance of sympathy for what the fans are feeling, they have to put in some sort of response and perform. So mm. I think they're still going to lose, but I think it'll be close. <laughs> I think it's going to be very interesting to see how what they look like without Bruno Fernandez as well. Yeah. I reckon that's going to be very interesting because I think it could be a good thing because he's such a just terrible attitude and often doesn't show up in big games anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. But the the one thing I would say is that yeah, not not having Harry Maguire even though he's not been amazing. Like they now have because I think Lindelof's out as it's well. Evans and Varane will be Evans and Varane. Yeah. The two that have been pitted against each other. Yeah. Actually, that could work, actually. Yeah. Evans and Varane. It's not, I say, it's not I, that bad. I, I predicted their lineup the other day in a group chat. And I said, I think it'll be Onana, Delo, Evans, Varane, Reggion, because Luke Shaw went off injured oh, against okay. Bayern. Yeah. Um, Actually, Dallow's been quite good this season. Yeah, he has, too. he has. Um, then I think it'll be uh, Amrabat, Kobe Mainu, McTominay in front instead of Fernandez. Uh, then Anthony, Ganacho, Hoyland. Hmm. And I like McTominay in the 10. I like it better defensively in the 10 because uh, <laughs> um, le- he gives less chance for him to be a bit of a liability defensively. Yeah. And yeah. I guess offensively too. But... Um, yeah, it's, it's not a great team on paper from the back half of it. Mm. But yeah, like like you say, they should have a somewhat of a response yeah. um, to to everything that's been happening. Um, and I think a lot of the media coverage is now starting to quite rightly point out the fact that these players have thrown three managers under the bus already. Um, and the fact that they're not happy with the current manager is clearly an indication of the um, what the players are like, not yeah. what the manager's like. So, yeah, I think they've they've got something to prove, but it's a very difficult place to go yeah. do it at Anfield. I think, yeah, and for, for all my talk now of how I'm saying, I think they'll respond, and while I do think they'll still lose, it'll be a close game there is still a 100% possibility that if they concede early in the first 15 minutes, it turns ugly very quickly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like... For sure. There's a very real possibility that that happens. Mm. But, yeah, look, if I had to... Like, my prediction is that Liverpool win 2-1 in a close game, but the 5-0 is 100% on the cards if they if, if the wheels fall off early. Yeah. I'm going to go 3-1 to Liverpool. Liverpool? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, on on the on the on the flip side, on the Liverpool point of things, they they just have to start fast and uh, like they do against most teams at Anfield, and mm. just and just and not I guess not bank on the fact that United you know, heads will drop once one goes in, but like they can be confident in the fact that it'll become a lot easier for them if they if they get one early. Yeah, yeah, and like it's Liverpool at, it's Liverpool at Anfield against Manchester United. You just know they're going to like. Like the, the the crowd will be in a frenzy like they're going to start fast yeah they're going to pounce on mistakes as well yeah and, and it's going to be mistakes it'll be a baptism of fire for Kobe Maynard if he does start as well yeah like he had a not saying he had an easy time against Everton because Everton played pretty well in that game but like he like they Everton like they do against a lot of good teams sit off and soak up the pressure a little bit mm. 
Uh, so he had a little bit more time in midfield than he probably will against Liverpool. Yeah, Mindu did some alright stuff when he came on against Bayern, but he was only on for like five minutes or something. Yeah. So. And also Bayern won it up at that point, kind of coasting. Yeah. Coasting because United were... <laughs> yeah. Not, I mean, allowing them to do so. so. Yeah. So, yeah. Again, we'll quickly do, quickly do uh, our team's games. Um, Arsenal, Arsenal, Brighton, I think at Brighton, if I'm not mistaken. No, at Arsenal. At Arsenal, yeah, there we go. Uh, I, I do see us winning this game. I know we've looked a little bit shaky of late, but um, I think Brighton at home are a very different beast of Brighton away. Uh, so I think... And and like like we've said plenty of times, they while they're good at scoring goals, they're also pretty good at conceding them as well. Yeah. So I think, but it's a very interesting matchup. Yeah, I think I think I think there'll be plenty of goals in it. I'd probably go for us to win three one. Yeah, I'll go three two, three two, to uh, Arsenal. And then your boys, uh, my, another must win game against Burnley at away 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 Turf at Turf Moor. Sean Dyche has returned to Turf Moor. Oh yeah, yeah, true. Um, fuck, the club's changed a bit since then, hasn't yeah. it? Um, like on form, we sh- we should be winning this. Yeah, really. Even though Burnley have, I think uh, they obviously had the big win against Sheffield. Two, was that two weeks ago? Yeah, and well, it was they... last weekend. I think no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We cannot. Yeah, yeah. No, we can half ago. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then I think they won again, didn't they? Or they got like a draw. They got a draw against... Brighton. Brighton. Brighton, oh yeah. So yeah, they're in decent form as well, but yeah, I do think Everton will win and I hope and I hope we win as yeah. well. How do you see it? Yeah, similarly. Uh, I, I, well, they've had a decent run of form, but I just still don't really trust them to just not concede goals and Everton have got three clean sheets in a row so mm. and that's been away from home and at home yeah. so yeah like I, I think Everton they, Everton might concede one but I can see him probably winning nah I'll, I'll stick with my 2-0 was my initial thought 2-0 yeah I like 2-0 as well actually yeah? okay <laughs> there you I go I don't think they'll score alright and that's it for another week uh, hope you've enjoyed us sometimes cutting off what we were talking about to talk about the game we were watching <laughs> as we always do with these watch-alongs uh, but yes as always follow all the socials 40yardswitch.pod on Insta at uh, 40yardswitch.pod on Twitter and give us a big fat juicy five-star rating on Spotify <laughs> if you haven't already and if you've liked what you've heard that's all from us see you next week up the gunners up the comments